You're listening to a pretty belated episode 27 of Fresh Floppies. Thanks for the wait. What's up to all our sidekicks and henchfolk out there in the Geek Nation? My name is Noel, and you're listening to Fresh Floppies. What is a floppy? A floppy is a single-issue comic book that comes out monthly, sometimes bi-weekly, periodical format um, to express these sequential stories that we love so much as uh, like, like a print version of soap operas, wrestling, whatever it is, just ongoing storytelling and what we're going to do is we're going to review them spoiler free so we're talking about the books that came out this past wednesday tuesday wednesday each whatever this past week (laughs) and usually we have this show locked and loaded for the day that the books drop however it's been a weird week i'm really really sorry but i still wanted to make sure that we talk about some of the books that came out this week so if you didn't read something or want to double back or maybe we're going to talk about something that you didn't pick up this week you let your retailer know i'm gonna come in and get that can you put it in my box normally i'm joined by uh the effervescent hilarious handsome amazing jd johnny uh, of johnny destructo's hero complex uh located at 4327 main street in philadelphia pennsylvania it is a rad shop that caters to everyone that has a face and can smile with it but even if you're not happy it doesn't matter anyway it's a great shop go to it um but he's not going to be able to join me today because i am not in philadelphia sad face tear however before i left town i picked up my comics so we're going to talk about a couple of them. The first one I want to mention is the jumpstart of the brand new uh, event that's happening at DC. Uh, Dawn of DC's Batman slash Catwoman colon the Gotham War dash Battle Lines. I don't know how this goes. Either way, it's Gotham War uh, Battle Lines, which is the Omega issue, the Alpha, or no, the, the Alpha issue, the jumpstart, the number zero, the one, ah! Um, <laughs> so this is um, the start of a uh, crossover that's going to only, I guess, only really be happening through the Batman and Catwoman titles with a couple of one shots. Um, it's just, a, it seems as though it's a uh, just Batman encapsulated crossover event that is street level. Um, this is written by Chip Zdarsky and Teeny Howard with art by Mike Hawthorne. Uh, uh, that's pencils by Mike Cawthorn, inks by Adriano Di Benedetto, and colors by Romulo Fajardo Jr. I butchered that, but we're in this together. No cuts. Anyway, um, so uh, if, if anyone hasn't been reading the uh, Chip Zdarsky run of Batman thus far, it's been um, two arcs. One was kind of, uh, one was by, uh, the art was by Jorge Jimenez. It was very much kind of like an opening statement piece that was a pure action uh, book. Um, the way that that six issue arc kind of wrapped up, uh, Batman was shunted into an alternate universe where Batman doesn't, the Batman doesn't exist. <clears throat> so then we went through kind of a mini multiversal kind of thing uh now he's back in gotham and the events of uh night terrors occurred um this takes place after all of that this takes place after night terrors um which we'll talk about in a minute um 
but the 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 conclusion of that Batman has been kind of off the board for I want to say eight weeks. They say it's eight weeks. In the course of this eight weeks, something has transpired in Gotham. Something that was instigated by Catwoman um, that doesn't sit with Bruce very well, um, and he has a little bit of a, a bee in his bonnet regarding how Catwoman. And the rest of the Bat family has um, thinks ha- has acted and thinks about his mission thus far. So, I, I, without giving any extra spoilers away, other than that, um, it sets up a, I guess, a, a, a conflict between these former lovers, uh, current adversaries, and not all of Batman's allies are aligned with him. Um, so it's it's interesting. Uh, the art by Mike Hawthorne is, it's fine. It's not my favorite. It, this this book, this book has, the Batman book itself, um, I think Mike Hawthorne's, I, th- I like his art, but when juxtaposing it with Jorge Jimenez or that kind of more exaggerated action style, um, it it doesn't pair as well for me. So as much as I don't mind Mike Hawthorne's art, and I think he's a great cartoonist, it's it's like it just it, it's almost like shell shock between the two, and I I think Jorge, uh, he just is doing the one off issue, this first zero issue, and Jorge Jimenez is doing the art for the main Bat book during this crossover. We'll see how it how it reads all together, um, but it is it is a little bit of an art departure based off the tone that was established in this book. Um, the story is fine. Um, the conflict is pretty interesting. I'm not gonna lie; it's it's kind of a, a good idea. It's a good idea, um, but it's dangerously close to being that kind of conflict that feels almost inorganic. Um, so we'll see how it kind of transpires. I, Chip Zdarsky and Teeny Howard are amazing writers. They're great storytellers. So any kind of misgivings I have kind of at the jump, um, I'm sure that they've already thought through. Uh, so we'll kind of see how it goes. But I, in regards to if this is a good jumping on point, um, it's a fine jumping on point. Uh, I would, I, it's probably a better jumping on point if you've never read Catwoman, but it does kind of have to do with a lot of like current Batman continuity so I mean you wouldn't be confused but they also make reference to a couple of things that just occurred that are like uh, should I be reading that um, which is not the best feeling to have when you're reading like an alpha issue it recaps but it just it, it, it maybe just 75% of the way recaps um, so I would give this just like a fresh enough um, if you are deep into either of these books Catwoman or Batman you're probably going to come out with a uh a higher grade because it, it sticks the landing but for for events like these that kind of pop off to bring in new readers it's just fine it's all right um so yeah uh if you're if you're curious give it a shot but uh but I, it 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 didn't strike me as the thing that's just gonna make you a batman reader tomorrow you know so uh, i mean yeah, we'll see how it goes the next book i want to talk about really quickly is I mean, Night Terrors, it ended. It's called Night Terrors, Night's End, number one, written by Joshua Williamson, with uh, art by 
Howard Porter, mostly Howard Porter, a little bit of Giuseppe Chemicola, and um, yeah, it um, it's a uh, it's fine. Um, the the closeout of this book, this this event, is consistent with how the event the event has been received, which is it's fine, it's solid, um, but then also kind of left a whimper in its wake um it feels okay so um the numbering kind of threw me off it should be thrown like the fact that there's a there was a one-off and then four issues and then it completed in another one-off um the art by howard porter i'm i i did not enjoy it is it was it was a little muddy it was a little it was way too sketchy and just didn't it just wasn't compelling for me. I I used to love Howard Porter. He's trying new things. I'm not a giant fan of him, but it it's it's it is what it is. That's preference. But the story itself felt very rushed, but then also very slow at the same time. Um, in it, we are finally kind of awake. Uh, the The plot of Night Night Terrors, if you haven't been paying attention this thus far, is um, there is a new villain named Insomnia who puts the entire world to sleep in order to find the Nightmare Stone, which is this powerful doohickey that allows you to do evil doohickey things. It's it's almost immaterial. Um, he find uh, only some heroes are are, are awake. Uh, most exclusively, um, Batman, who is being possessed by Boston brand Deadman. So this is very much a Deadman miniseries. Which I mean, they need to use Deadman more often. It's great, um, and it's just eh. things have transpired to the point where at this last issue, nightmares are real. Everyone's awake, but their nightmares are awake with them. So you get the big fight. And all the stuff, and just the way that it's kind of depicted on the page, it's it's a bit of a mess. Um, what should be a rousing climax is kind of like, a, all right, okay, that that makes sense. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I would I think I would end up classifying this this series as a whole. This issue as fresh enough, and this the series as a whole is probably as fresh enough. I, I feel like maybe collected later on down the road, revisiting it, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna hit pretty well. But as a two-month event that halted all the other books uh, in the line's momentum, I just, it was a little, it was a, a little dissatisfying. Um, but, but I think it's probably going to be killer in trade, especially if they pop out these trades, these collected editions by Halloween, because that would be pretty cool, these uh, horror-themed comic books. Uh, but... You know, I'm not a publisher. Who am I? Let's jump on over to the Marvel side of the story this week and talk about probably one of the buzziest books or buzzier books for good and bad reasons. Um, well, I mean, good or bad reasons, depending on where and the how toxic in the fandom you are. <laughs> but uh, I want to talk about Miss Marvel, The New Mutant, number one. It's co-written by Iman Vellani and Sabir Pirzada, uh, Aman Vellani, for those of you who don't know, is the actual actress that plays Kamala Khan in the MCU. She is a huge comic book nerd, a Marvel uh, zombie, and had the opportunity to write the character that she portrays, and I think that's cool. Art by 
Carlos Gomez and Adam Gorham. So in current continuity, she's a mutant now. Um, she's also an inhuman. Uh, and she was recently killed and was just brought back to life via the mutant stuff. <laughs> so a lot of people are a little um, upset. They're upset about her being killed off in someone else's book. It felt very rushed or inorganic, or which I completely understand. But having read comics for so long, it seems like I, it's just a jumping off point to tell whatever story they want to tell. And this seems to be the one. So the way that her... She doesn't... <laughs> She has latent mutant abilities, meaning she has the X gene, but um, as well as uh, inhuman. However, she was how did they how did they they explain it away? She was exposed to Terrigen mists before her X gene uh, activated or presented itself, which means that she wasn't. Uh, she didn't respond negatively to the Terrigen Mists like other mutants do. It's it's a, a weird backwards kind of thing. It's she still has her her inhuman abilities. She just is also classified as a mutant, which I think is actually mildly clever. Uh, having her exposed so young, so has these latent abilities. So she, much like her characterization in other media as well as like in recent comics, she's she's a bit of a outlier she's on the fringe she she straddles multiple teams a champion uh, an avenger now an x-men and an inhuman she's she's kind of all over and i love it so this book itself um it takes place uh i mean in current day she is acting as a sleeper agent for a spy for the x-men in uh, as a high school uh, as a, a high school enrollee into the Orcus University or the or Orcus Foundation. Orcus is the big bad guys in uh, the X-Men right now. So she's... Her her family no longer knows her secret identity. And she is now a secret X-Man undercover at the Orcus University. This book is... This book is adorable. So it... it, it is structured incredibly well in so much as there's a lot of there's a lot of exposition that happens organically but then it also is very deeply rooted in current continuity but it's not inaccessible a lot of times when actors or or novelists or something come into comic book writing they don't necessarily understand the language right away so they'll either overwrite or rely too much on text boxes or it's a lot of expository dialogue where somebody's talking at you as opposed to just being like organically people talking. This doesn't suffer from those problems. It's very evident that Iman Vellani is a comic book reader. She um, seems to be very familiar with the tropes, um, with the weaknesses and strengths of this format, and it was just a pleasure to read. This was a this was a surprise for me. I was I was excited to read it, but I was surprised at how kind of strong it is um so i'm excited i'm excited about this even even though maybe the road to get here was a little bumpy in regards to the character in comics pages turned this is fun i would i would suggest giving this a go this was a this was a really fun classic comic book i have not enjoyed an issue of miss marvel this much since the g willow wilson alfano stuff this is great i really enjoyed this and i think everybody should give it a shot um, 
one of the other books from Marvel that came out today was Ultimate Invasion number three. This is written by Jonathan Hickman with art by Brian Hitch. I would love to try and describe to you what is happening in this book without spoiling it. But that would require me to be able to succinctly describe it, which I don't know if I could do. And then the spoiler part just being, yeah. (laughs) So this is a wild book. Um, Anybody that enjoy this is so interesting anybody that enjoyed any of the ultimate uh, marvel comics especially hickman's earlier uh, 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 run on the ultimates which was where we got the maker and and the city and and all that stuff if you enjoyed that yes pick this up immediately if you enjoyed um house of x powers of 10 yes pick this up immediately if you have never read anything ultimate but you're just kind of a a, a normal 616 Marvel zombie, pick this up. Because it's like a weird alternate twist on an alternate twist. (laughs) This book is wild. Um, We're three issues in, and it feels like I've read three novels. Uh, The first issue was very much just rooted deeply in 616 continuity, and the maker um, enacted his plan. The second issue was this very kind of cold drop into whatever this new continuity is with a lot of like giant question marks. Not so much as I could didn't understand what was going on. It was more like question marks like that character is doing that. That character doesn't exist. That one is still alive. Like it was it's very much kind of like a um, threw you into the deep end and the water was freezing. And then by this issue, your body starts to acclimate to what he's doing. And it's even more questions and gives you a wild kind of what if twist at the end. And I'm like, what is what are you cooking, my dude? Because this is I don't know if I could recommend this, but I want to recommend it to everyone. It's just it's it's great. I, I'm, I'm actually really enjoying this. And honestly, this uh, this is as good as hey, um, Brian Hitch's art has looked in a really long time. Um, the uh, the inking and the coloring is not as, um, for lack of a better term, not as as muddy as it's been uh, or as rubbery feeling as it's been recently. Like I, you could tell, he's really kind of giving this his all, and and the size and the scope of the story really dictates it. I I I like this book a lot. And it's it's three issues in out of four. Um, so I, this is this is only a four issue mini. Each issue is um, oversized, but then I think right after this is a ultimate ultimate universe number one by Hickman. So you could, honestly, this is very much the structure of how he so far. This is very much the structure on how they've developed the uh, Krakoan era of X Men. This is a mini series that shakes everything up hard and then i'm sure there will be books that kind of transpire past this and i'm i'm just i'm here for it man i think this is fun this is dope you should give this a shot uh, ultimate invasion very fresh the other stuff that i wanted to talk about today i i'm going to be honest with you i didn't finish so this is going to be a segment called what i'm excited about i'm excited 
Um, Marvel Age 1000. So um, anybody that's been a, a, a longtime listener of the show as well as this show, I am not a giant fan of anthologies. Anthology books kind of throw me off sometimes because it sometimes feels like they're just dumping grounds for stories that didn't fit anywhere else and you get a hodgepodge of quality um, and or short stories are difficult short stories are very hard uh and then it's just always an imbalance issue you know like some are amazing others are like i would never purchase that or i'm not interested uh so it's 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 like a it's it's very much a gamble two um anthology books came out and i am halfway through both of them and they are great uh the first one i'm going to talk about is marvel age number 1000 I don't understand the numbering. I don't really care. This is a $9.99, perfect bound, very, very large comic book. It's trade-sized of a bunch of short stories by some of the biggest names in comics right now. We've got Mark Wade, Ryan Stegman, Rainbow Rowell, Margaret Savage, uh, Dan Slott, Mike Allred, Adam Kubert, Steve McNiven, Jason Aaron, J. Michael Straczynski. This is very much a love letter to all things marvel um and i have read the first four stories out of eight and they are all bangers they're just really really good i i found myself shocked not shocked that sounds like i was expecting trash it's just i was i was very impressed by the strength of each of these the first one being um about the human torch written by mark wade with art by a very talented artist whose name is Alessandro Capucci, Capuccio, uh, and then Ryan Stegman writing and drawing a Spider-Man story, uh, Dan Slott, and uh, the Allreds. Um, uh, this is so good. And just flipping ahead, Steve McNiven drawing and writing a Silver Surfer story, and he's using a a crosshatch kind of more shaded pencil-y style than he has in uh, some of his larger works, and it's beautiful. This book is dope. Um, if you have a light week and you just want something that you don't rush through and just kind of enjoy, get this. Marvel Age number 1000. It's very good. Um, the other one is a new, a new distributor? a new publisher called distillery d-s-t-l-r-y um i have not read their manifesto or know exactly much about them however i do know that i think it's a new publisher um not unlike image where profit sharing and ownership belongs to the creators um and i'll learn more but this was this this oversized it's like black label size the the oversized kind of uh, aspect ratio of it uh, Perfect Bound, large comic, is an anthology of what appears to be a bunch of the series that Devil's Cut will, or the sorry, that Distillery will be um, producing over the next year, two years, three years, whatever. Um, and you've got creators like Mirka Andolfo, Brian Azzarello, Tula Lotte, Jamie McKelvey, Stephanie Phillips, Ram V, Becky Cloonan, Lee Garbet, Garbet, Jock, Joel Jones, Scott Snyder, James Tinian the Fourth, Christian Ward, Eduardo Rizzo, Ryan V. This is this is basically a who's who of big two and indie darlings all working uh, 
at their own pace on their own stories. Uh, and I've read the first two. This is great. This is super, super great. I think the first two, com- the specifically the Jock one, um, is a prequel to a book that he's got coming out called Gone. And the last one that I skipped to was Becky Cloonan and Tula Lute, Lote, which um, also leads into a series that they have coming out. Um, this is all great stuff. Uh, it's The Devil's Cut. It's $9.99. It is a large, perfect bound book. Its presentation is fresh as hell. Um, and I can't as somebody who dislikes anthologies, um, I'm very excited to finish both of these, and I think that you guys should give it a shot. Um, I think that's I think that's pretty much it. That's that's all I have to update. I know I am so sorry on this being a couple days late, but um, I love you, and we'll make sure that next week is on time. <laughs> um, thanks for joining. Thanks for 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 sticking around. Um, like, comment, subscribe, share. Join us every Wednesday morning for this show, but then also every Wednesday evening live for the Cult Pop Podcast, where we'll be talking about all things pop culture. This week, this upcoming week, um, this past week, which you could still listen to, we did a 25th anniversary review of Blade, which is one of the coolest comic book movies ever, and everyone should see it. Um, But then also next week, we're going to be talking about Elseworld stories, DC alternate universe Elseworld stories. and it's going to be fun. Uh, but yeah, join us for that. That's 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Wednesday night uh, on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitch, the whole nine. And then it'll be in your feeds. But, uh, I mean, I love you. And I'll talk at you later. do 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 Bye. And when you're remembering, when you're remembering, the greedy ones remain. Thank you for listening to the Cult Pop Network, home to podcasts, live shows, and a whole lot of fun stuff for every flavor of fan. Follow us wherever you find your favorite podcasts, and be sure to join us live every Wednesday night at youtube.com backslash cultpopgo at 8 p.m. Eastern. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to the channel and hit the bell icon so you'll know when we drop new Thunder Rounds and episodes of Fresh Floppies, a spoiler-free show about single-issue comics released each week. Until then, we'll talk at you later.